Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome. It is time for the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Pride of Detroit.com at Pride of Detroit on Twitter. Pride of Detroit on Facebook. Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. Ooh, I'm in my coffee. We are recording early on a Sunday after a wonderful start to college football season, which I care about. I care about. And Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader, isn't here to stop me. He's not here. He wanted to cover news breaking on the wire about the Detroit Lions practice squad. He's not on this podcast. Instead, we have straight to Ryan Matthews Back is the rock guy. at Ryan underscore P.O.D. Ryan, how are you doing, buddy? I am admittedly a little less frenetic than you are, but I'm here and I'm well, excited. I'm mostly frenetic because I'm having my coffee right now. So. Right. I'm not on P.E.D.'s. <laughs> P.E.D.'s. Coffee's my P.E.D. Yep. 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 What do you think about college football Saturday? Michigan lost, so I don't want to say that I'm happy or that I'm excited, but I just we're gonna love lose all our we're gonna I lose know, all our listeners by saying that that I was know, a raw I loss. <laughs> I blew it. I really blew it. I'm not good at this radio stuff. No, it's fine. We get it. You're the Sparty, so you're allowed to have fun. Yeah, and I can I can do a little bit of dancing just because Jeremy's not here. Oh man, the 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 slack was very torn up after that Michigan game. I've you would have thought the Lions season would have started by now. <laughs> I think Jeremy bowed out pretty early too. I don't, I don't even think he made it to the fourth quarter. Yeah. I think he fell asleep like in the middle of the third or something. So he didn't get to see kind of the abomination of how that all ended me. I'm a Trojan. I'm a neutral arbiter. I was kind of rooting for both sides to lose, to be honest. I was more excited that Chip Kelly galaxy brained UCLA into a loss last night. <laughs> You were torn up once you found out that Shea Patterson was from Toledo. I was. He's a good old Toledo boy. I I enjoyed that. But we should move on and talk about the Detroit Lions because we got a lot of news on the roster and a lot of news on some trade fronts. Uh, And to help us with that, we are bringing in a new member of Pride of Detroit, our social media guru, as he is, John Whitaker, the other other half of the West Coast Pride of Detroit crew. And a double Lions fan, Detroit Lions and BC Lions. Is that right? Yes, indeed. That's actually how I became a Detroit Lions fan. Uh, in Madden, I used to relocate the Detroit Lions to BC. So uh, no no love lost. <laughs> Could you relocate them to Vancouver or was it just BC? Yeah, there was Vancouver. So it was back in like Madden for PC and you could actually import your own logo. So I had like the BC Lions helmet, got like their... Uh, jerseys all set up it was pretty dope 
So John became a Lions fan by taking the Lions away from Detroit. Yep. Great, great start to it. I'm, I think your nickname is going to be Double Lions, though. I actually have that. I had that in my Twitter for the longest time where I mentioned like, oh, I'm a Canucks fan. I'm a Blue Jays fan. And then I had Lions squared. It's a Canucks fan, Ryan. It's tough. It's tough. Um, I mean, uh, it's okay. They don't really have anything like tangible. We, so we all we make got, we got Besser. There you go. <laughs> all we need. All right. Well, where do you want to start? We've got a quite a bit of talking here to do. Um, rosters are good. Let's let's just start with Cleveland. I mean, there's there's really not much to say. It was the fourth preseason game. We're not going to talk about it much. I'm sorry if you want to hear a recap of this game, but most of the guys who were playing on Thursday are probably not on the on the Lions squad anymore. No, nope. We have the 53 man roster, and a lot of the guys who had the chance to maybe impress didn't impress. I don't think anybody really did impress in was, that fourth that fourth preseason game. game. Yeah, yeah, it, it, was it wasn't really good. No, no. And I mean, like the only one we can really say kind of I, I'm I'm looking at the box scores right now. Like Brandon Powell didn't even get to play too much. Like they were they were throwing out there Dwayne Washington and Dantez Ford. They were lining up Dwayne Washington to take some receiving yards here. Mostly it was just having Dwayne Washington run to see if he could get a place on this roster. And uh, it doesn't look that way. 20 carries. That that is that is an admittedly pretty big workload, and I mean, I I know you know no blunt, no no carry on or anything like that. So he had a shot, but then again, he had a shot you know the past two seasons. So yeah, pretty. Another thing to consider is that Zenner also got hurt in that game. So I think what Dwayne played like ninety five percent of snaps or something. So mm, that that's probably would have been split between the two of them. Yeah, yeah. With without ZZ in there, like that just basically means, hey, Dwayne, this is your game, buddy. Run with well, it. We- and 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 even with that being said, though, I don't I don't think that we even thought that it was possible that both of those guys had a chance to make the roster. Either one of them, really. No, I think we've we've already said for a while now the the one to four for running backs is like already locked and set. And if there was any chance for another person to get on, it's probably going to be through a full back. So I'm just looking through the the other notes here that I had. Like there there wasn't much to write home about, man. Yep. Really Jake Rudolph dinked and dunked his way down the field, as per usual. I'm looking at I'm looking at all the names from the defense I have wrote down here. I just have a big question mark around the name Darnell Sankey, who I didn't even realize was on the team. I got nothing. Uh, <laughs> yep. All right. I don't well, have a scouting we, report. We lost is, the. Oh yeah. This, go on, Ron. This was the Cleveland game. This was so. the Cleveland game. Yeah, they get they can they can have their little barge. I don't care. Yeah, we we lost the trophy, man. That was like the only trophy we could actually win beating Detroit Lions. Is that too hard? <sighs> Yikes! John without not Ryan, making a great first impression. <laughs> without Jer- without Jeremy here, I think there's going to be a dearth in like hyper positivity. This this we're going to talk about it later, but this preseason has not left a lot of good tastes in many people's mouths, and I think that's I think that's a little more fair than just trying to write it off and saying it's the preseason, but. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Instead, I want to talk about a couple trades. Uh, Do you want to talk about the trade the Detroit made or the trade that's probably going to actually affect Detroit? Let's talk about, real quick, let's get the trade that Detroit made out of the way. Okay, Corey Robinson Um, traded. 
Yes, Corey Robinson traded to the Carolina Panthers for a conditional 2020 seventh-round pick. They're really in need of help because Matt Khalil doesn't look like he'll ever be healthy for an extended period of time. So um, they they need to tackle help pretty badly. And I think this is even kind of similar to, you know, the trade that the Lions had to had to put together last last year when they got Greg Robinson. But um, yeah, just, I mean, Carolina just needed anybody that they could put over there. And I, I guess you could do a lot worse than Corey Robinson, but at the same time, um, it, it was nice, I guess, for the Lions to at least get a chance to get a pick on a player that they weren't going to keep, you know, they weren't going to keep anyways. Yeah. Additional. And I mean, to Corey Robinson's credit, I've been following him a while and I know he kind of, he's always on and off the roster, but like, he's a very flexible player. So that'll mm-hmm. be, that'll be fun to see. Like if he can, if he can make it in, in Carolina, he'll be, he'll be in a good spot. I think. Another thing but, is that that uh, pick we get uh, essentially makes up for the Eli Harold trade because both conditional. I don't know what the condition is for this trade. Do any of you guys know? I I haven't seen the conditions for this. I, I knew I knew no, the conditions no. for the conditions for the Eli Harold pick. I, I think whereas if, like if he made the roster, yeah, and then if he he played for a certain amount of time. So, but yeah, I mean it's an interesting point to bring up that the Lions could recoup the seventh round pick that they that they had to expend on Harold, but. Let's talk about the trade that actually mattered. The one, as I said, that is actually going to affect the the Detroit Lions. For the next six years. For <laughs> at least. Holy God. Because if you thought it wasn't hard enough in the NFC North with a god like Aaron Rodgers sitting up there in Green Bay or whatever nightmare defense that the Minnesota Vikings put together. The Bears are absolutely 100% serious right now. They are very serious. We still own the Bears. Hashtag we own the Bears. But um, it's going to be a little harder to start to keep owning the Bears when they have one Khalil Mack lining up against this Detroit Lions offense. Oh, boy. Yeah, you know... (laughs) A few things about this trade. The first thing that stands out the most is the you know, Raiders got hosed. Thank you for saying yep. that because I was going to try to say it in a nicer way, but <laughs> John Gruden deserves all of the hellfire that he's getting thrown his way. Cause it wasn't even just this as a quick aside, they cut Martavis Bryant who they traded a third round pick to, to get, I mean, everything was bad yesterday for the Raiders. They, it was bad, traded- bad, bad, bad. Well, yeah, another trade is they got AJ, the acquired AJ McCarron for a fifth rounder, a 2019 fifth rounder. No, that's for a guy who's going to get cut. I mean, come on. What are they doing? I don't know what John Gruden's doing. I really don't. It is, baby. I, the AFC can't have nice things. It can't have nice things that aren't called the Steelers or Patriots, apparently. Man, can we, can we move conference just for one year? I want to see how we do. We, we, we wonder why those teams are, are dynasties for a reason. So you look around. Rest, yeah, you look at you look at the rest of the landscape in the AFC, and everything else is just yeah. Unless it's uh, unless it's like Peyton Manning getting getting his spine to line for one last run, or the Baltimore Ravens catching lightning in a bottle with their defense. It's just it's it's just it's the usual suspects over in the AFC. Yeah, well, I mean, let's let's talk about the particulars of of the Khalil Mack trade, right? Let's let's. So I think the Raiders give up two first round picks. I believe the bears, the bears give up two first round picks, the bears. That's what I meant to say. Okay. So yep. at least the bears won't be drafting this couple of years, but I mean, their defense is looking pretty solid. Yeah. Looking real solid. And then, and then some of the other, here's where things got interesting. Cause 
I mean, everybody understood that like the Raiders wanted two first round picks for Cleo Mack. That seemed like that's how you enter into negotiations with us. And then we'll go from there. <laughs> the only other things that they pick up from the bears are a third round pick and also a sixth round pick. Oh. Can I just say this too? I am now reading this thing from the Raiders general manager, uh, Reggie McKenzie. Yeah. Uh, he says, my whole thought process process was to get Khalil signed. It was at the end and the final hour just hit. It was not a plan to trade him at all. It's funny too, because he also says that they'll quote, still pay top dollar to top players. Nope. Nope. This is probably one of the top, Definitely. like outside of, Outside of Aaron Donald, this is probably like the best defensive player out there. Well, speaking I mean, of Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, he uh, got a what contract? A hundred and something mil? Hundred sixty, I saw. Just surpassing Donald, who signed it. What? It was like a few days ago. So Khalil, there's a lot of money. I'm, in yeah, there. sorry, I've got I've got the numbers here. Six years, one hundred and forty-one million on his extension. I mean, Khalil like, Mack. Khalil Mack got Matthew Stafford money. We realize this, right? Like he got $90 million in practical guarantees. Stafford got $92 million. Khalil Mack's getting paid. He got $60 million signing bonus up front. And I think that's really why the Raiders couldn't, they couldn't swing a deal with him right now because they're in the midst of that move to, you know, Vegas. And they, they literally just did not have the like liquid assets to like pay the man. So they yeah. had to trade him. John, is this kind of the new era? Like, do you see this being a trend where like defensive players are finally striking back and they want as much money as some of these uh, skill positions on the offense? It definitely seems like it. So a few years back, it started with, I would say, Albert Hainsworth. I think he's one of the bigger guys. And then obviously, Indomitian Sue. Um, and then, yeah, Donald Mack now. And so it does beg, beg the question as to whether or not it is worth it. Because you look at a guy like Sue, for example, I mean, he did decently in Miami but if you look at their success over the past few years they haven't really won any games now I'm not going to talk about DT wins or anything stupid like that well Alfred Haynesworth it's a lot of money for a non-quarterback right yeah I mean well we all saw what happened with Albert Haynesworth but I think the difference is with Donald and Mac is like these are two really young guys who kind of chafed at the rookie scaling contract and decided to play hardball and got exactly what they wanted well that's another thing we can talk about is the success of holdouts this year too because obviously we had those guys, then Beckham and Rogers, and they got paid. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I mean, like this is this is going to be a problem for the Lions. This is going to be a real problem for the Lions. Like I, I don't know how well the Bears are going to be this year, especially because their offense still looks like silly putty. Especially yeah. with uh, but Mitchell I mean, Trubisky. Trubisky. I mean, <laughs> we're, first bite is coming back next week. I'll see what happens when we get to the Bears if Robert Zaglinski still feels like stepping into the church of Mitch, but uh, this defense is going to like, there's a lot of good defenses in the NFC North right now. And the Detroit lions are not one of them. They're the only one who don't have a good defense. <laughs> Seriously. Like I think even the, I'd even rank the Packers defense above the lions right now. Oh, absolutely. It just, this is, this is an offensive minded team in a division of just murderous defenses. Well, let me put on my Bob Quinn tinfoil hat real quick and say, hey, when all those teams zigged and got great defenses, Bob Quinn zagged and yeah, put man. together maybe the best offensive line in the division. So we'll see if that offensive line comes yeah. together, though, because as we've seen exactly. from the preseason, needs some work. But yeah, uh, the, 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 the one other thing about the Cleo Mack trade that we didn't talk about was that 
the reason that the Raiders got hosed so bad is that they sent a second round pick with Khalil Mack to Chicago. Yeah. Like, I don't understand I mean, that. I, I, I just don't like when, when the, when the initial report came out from rap sheet, like it, he made it sound like, you know, okay. Like the baseline is that it's like two first round picks that are going, you know, back to Oakland, but there's like more in the deal too. I'm like, okay, well, you know, maybe the bears are giving up a starter or, uh, maybe they're giving up like a like another like you know a second round pick like in a later year or something like that. No, like the Raiders fell on their face so hard. And for anybody who wanted John Gruden to come to Detroit to be your head coach, things can always be worse. You were you were upset about the preseason. I'm not very happy about the preseason, but just be happy that you're not the Oakland soon to be Las Vegas. I mean, this this feels like a classic Al Davis moment. Does it not? Like, it feels like Al Davis is back alive in his late years. I loved Al Davis. I love what he stands for. But the man made some, like, you You want to know why the Raiders are in a sad, terrible state. Because if Al Davis was alive, he would make a deal just like this. Well, they still have Mark Davis in his bowl cut. <sighs> he, he skeeves me out every time I look at him. Is that even a bowl cut? I don't even know I what it know. is. Because well, that's, that's a misshaped bowl. I'm sure the bowls in his house are all misshaped. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Detroit Lions final 53-man roster. We're going to talk about who impressed us from the preseason, who probably didn't really impress us, or maybe we're not sure why they're on the roster. It's the final edition of Impress Depress, at least until, I think, do we do this in the regular, I think we did this in the regular season last year too, so maybe it might come back. Either way, we're going to play around with the roster. We're going to tell you about your final 53-man and get into a little bit of the preseason. I mean, into the little bit of the preview, my bad. Reminder that First Bite Midweek Podcast is coming back as well. Stick around. Detroit Lions POD cast. We'll be right back. Tell me what you gonna do to me. Confrontation ain't nothing new to me. You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me. Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and Scissor. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. 
All right, back here again on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. I mentioned First Bite is coming back at the end of the last segment. Let me re-clarify on that. We are having First Bite coming back here. We are in the process of booking our J- New York Jets, Jets, the Jets, J-E-T-S. I'm not even doing a New York accent. Don't do that. Uh, he's going to, he or she will be with us. Hopefully, and we will also that'll probably be a double sized first bite because we want to also preview the Detroit Lions as well a little more in depth because we're still we're kind of in that transitional phase between preseason and regular season. And I want to talk more on the Lions as well. But let's talk about the final 53 man roster. Do you guys want to start there? Do you want to play impress depress? You're the master of ceremonies. Am I? I feel yeah. like I'm just a passenger on this wild, wild ride we call life. Oh, I mean, you mean a passenger on this wild ride we call the road to WrestleMania? That's also life. All right, guys, I'm I'm hanging up. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Great, John. John's not. No, don't here. worry. I am actually on board with wrestling. We can talk about that. Jeremy's not here too. No, oh. we're not going to talk about wrestling, even though like I haven't seen All In because apparently that was really good, but talking 53 man roster for more, more people hang up let's go down the ranks here um i, I don't want to i'll play impress depress next segment on this but like what really surprised you about the final 53 man roster like what what was the big takeaways because like i think we all like i got asked this by the browns guys about were there any battles to really be fought by four final spots on this roster. I think the only thing that surprised me is that the Lions are carrying six wide receivers going into the season. That's the number one. That's the number mm-hmm. one biggest surprise with a bullet. I, I don't think anybody expected the Lions to keep any more than four receivers, even with as well um, as, you know, Brandon Powell kind of showed um, out in the preseason a little bit. Um, it was special teams ability. And um, it, it's really hard to gauge how well he did as a receiver based on the quarterbacks that he was, you know, being paired up with. So, I mean, I I won't, I won't hold that against them, but I think everybody just assumed that the Lions would, you know, keep Jones, Tate, Galladay, and then Jones Jr. um, And and the Lions would roll with four receivers again. But the fact that they kept six is I think the biggest shock to anybody. Um, And I don't, I don't think that the Lions will have six wide receivers on the roster by, by the, um, by, by Monday next week when they're playing the Jets. I, I don't really? think they will. No, I don't think so. What do you think, John? Um, so yeah, as you mentioned, the six wide receivers, because not only that, they're also keeping four tight ends. Because before in our bubble watch, when we were talking about who's going to make it, who's going to be out, a lot of people had four tight ends making it. But as a result, we had six, uh, we had four tight, uh, four, we had four wide receivers making it. So now all of a sudden we have way more people than we expected. And then as a sacrifice, you look at the defensive line, we're only carrying seven linebackers, only carrying seven. Like all of a sudden there was like probably like a three or so player swing from defense to offense from what most of us predicted. Yeah. Yeah. They really zagged as we like to keep saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think with the lions, you know, keeping ostensibly, you know, maybe three more skill position players than, then you would have assumed that they did. And and like you mentioned, John, them keeping less defensive players, especially on the line of the linebackers. That's why I truly think with some of the, some of the roster cuts. Um, and I mean, we won't, we won't get into, you know, names of players that the lions may either pick up or, 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 you know, what they might do from other teams leftovers when they had to make cuts. But I truly think that 
that's where you're going to see the roster turnover. They're going to dump skill position players and pick up other teams kind of leftovers, whether or not they're linebackers or defensive linemen, or even, even guys in the secondary, because yeah, I mean, we'll get into some particular guys that shocked us that were cut uh, in, uh, in, in a little bit later here in the show, but also the Lions keeping 10 offensive linemen, I think was, was a little bit, um, was a little bit surprising, you know, obviously they, they had their starting five. Um, but beyond that, you know, keeping Tyrell Crosby was a, was a, for sure. Um, especially after drafting him this season, uh, they needed to keep a tackle and they traded away Corey Robinson. So that really opened up the door for Brian Mahalik. but then, it, it seemed a little bit um, puzzling that they did go with three, you know, three interior linemen who admittedly do have some versatility, but um, you know, Leo, Kenny Wiggins and Joe Dahl keeping all three of those guys, maybe a little bit overkill. I don't know. What do you think? I think Joe Dahl had, did a good job making on the roster. It's a good job. Joe Dahl. Mm-hmm. I thought he did a better job than most people, but I don't know. What do, what do you think, John? I found he wasn't very good in the first, two games but he steadily improved um also you can tell he was getting uh favored by the coaches because he was playing earlier snaps too because i think like in the first game i think he played into the fourth quarter so obviously getting those uh second quarter snaps or whenever um it's a good sign for him too yeah yeah for sure um are you surprised that miles killebrew made the roster Personally, no. I think his transition to linebacker is essentially what saved it, along with um, Steve Longa going on IR. Because I think at this point, you can't really count on him as a starter. I mean, when we drafted him, he was kind of supposed to be that hybrid um, safety linebacker who would be like really good against tight ends, all those athletic guys we were running into out of the draft. And he never really developed into that. If anything, his coverage is his worst trait. He's better run stopper. So A, that's where being a linebacker could be better. But also, um, he needs to improve on special teams. And at this point, I think that is his key to the roster. I think he's still on thin ice right now. So we'll see what happens over the next few weeks when they do bring in more people. Because he might be on the outs. Either him or Trevor Bates. Watch out for those two. Yeah, what do you guys... Oh, sorry, go on, Ryan. I was going to say real quick, too, about Killebrew. Is the, the thing with him is that when he came in, uh, the Lions also signed Tavon Wilson. So it was just kind of not, not, I mean, that kind of almost cost him his spot because I think the things that Miles Killebrew was expected to do well, uh, Tavon Wilson does all that stuff, but but better. You know, he's a better run defender. Um, now, Killebrew did see some time early on, like, you know, covering tight ends and, and, you know, doing some special things like that. But last year, he really took a big step back. So, but I, I agree with you. I mean, Killebrew... Um, not like a lock lock to, to stick around on the roster all year. Is there anything to the news that the lions got significantly older on average on their 53 man roster ranked number 27th, I believe by Jimmy Kemsky of Philly voice with an average of 26.6 years. I don't think so. I mean, a, you added a pretty old quarterback in Matt castle, I mean, a lot of our core guys are still here, so obviously they're one year older. Here's the four guys that bumped it up. Ricky Jean Swint, Francois is 31, Castle is 36, Blunt is 31, and I think Kenny Wiggins is 30. Mm. So a lot of that's coming from those four. Well, and then Ezekiel Ansa is 46. <laughs> 
Don, don't don't forget about Don Mulebach either, too, baby. Oh man, no, he's all he's always with us. I mean, he plays like he's twenty six, but yeah, some man, him on special teams, I he was hustling some of these yeah. preseason games. Oh yeah, his birth certificate will tell you different, but that man well, plays I mean, like he's twenty six forever. I mean, they they tried coming at him a couple of years ago with Jimmy Landis, and uh, I think he's 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 now on the uh, can't go back train for he, oh, the yeah. rest of his career. He he, I I think he effectively like stole Jimmy Landis's essence. Like he tried well, to cut, he tried to come for the crown, and he cut him down to size, and then didn't, yeah, Landis got hurt, and they had to bring Mule back back. No, yeah. um, Landis got hurt in uh, preseason or training camp. Yeah, that's right. Because like he, it he looked... never released or anything. He was they were had yeah. they had a battle. Remember long snapper watch? Good times. Mm-hmm. When I say good times, I mean bad times. <laughs> We've had some interesting watches over the years. Um, I think hack and watch is almost about to go away too. I don't know. Rest I hope peace. not. We go to Darnold watch. Yeah, but that's Except not. He's actually uh, good. He's actually good. <laughs> I saw him at USC and I disagree, but we'll see. We'll see what Jets fans say. We're going to see him week one. So this is going to be rough. Anyway, um, anything else to say about this this roster? I'm just I'm looking over it, and I'm just again I'm not trying to be a downer too much, but I'm just kind of just I don't know at this point. Like I know the guys at the top, I know the faces. Like Carry On Johnson is probably the most exciting new face for me to see. But I think I've said it before. I just don't get up for offensive line or what happens on the offensive line. I know it's important, but I just don't. I'm not smart enough. My 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 dumb male brain is not smart enough to to handle talking about the offensive line and what Frank Ragnow brings to it. We need a guy like uh, Jeff Schwartz to talk about it. He's the guru. G off. G off. <laughs> that's an old. That's a really old joke right there. Wow. Um. Anything else, Ryan? Um, like, oh, like, can I mention something? Oh, yeah. So, go go ahead. I'm sorry. You're we're we're going to talk about Impress Depress, so I'll, yeah. I'll save that. But one player who I'm not going to mention for that segment is my beloved thicker kicker, Ryan Santoso. Now, he has a deep place in my heart uh, because he was kicking and punting. And as a CFL fan, a lot of guys do that up here. So I don't know what kind of gig he's going to get or if he's going to get one at all because, I mean, he wasn't that impressive i think he was like probably 50 percent for his field goals but um yeah no i just i always like the idea of having one person do both i always kind of wondered if an nfl team would actually do that to save a roster spot what do you think ryan well if you rewind back to week one of last season when you know the lions had the injury bug bite them you know with sam martin and then uh the other uh casey redfern when he got injured in week one Matt Prater, yeah, Matt Prater was pulling double duty, man. And uh, I mean, I can't say that he did bad in his 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 one punt that he that he had, but I don't know. That is an interesting thing to think about. That I guess you don't spend a whole lot of time on it. I mean, it would be awesome if you can consolidate that position into one, and you know, keep What's another the, skill position player. But what would be the fantasy implications, though, Ryan? Oh, I think you'd want to stay away from a guy who does kicking and punting because he could run into a Casey Redfern situation. He's just out mm-hmm. there that much more. Unless, yeah. unless we should start employing punters on our fantasy teams. I would but rather do punters than I. I would honestly rather do punters than IDFs anyway. So I'm down with that. I'm I down mean, with IDPs, anything. IDPs. God, my my brain's not working. 
Like that that's more fun to me than than drafting an IDP, is it not? Yeah, because I think that there are just of I mean, there are so many cool ways that you could award points. Um hang time. Dude, coffin corner kicks should be worth points. Yeah, yeah. Kicks inside, you know, kicks that land inside the twenty are worth, you know, two points. Kicks that land inside the ten are worth three. Inside the five that go X number of yards. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And if they if they complete a pass, it should be worth like four times the normal amount. <laughs> no, you just win the league automatically. If you if you throw a pass, boom, you win. You win the league. It's over. Yeah. Like it can have it happen in week two, but if Sam Martin throws a touchdown pass, everybody can else you imagine. Oh my goodness. That's worth like a hundred fantasy points right there. Dude, Pat McAfee, he would be repping the brand so yeah. hard. <laughs> oh my goodness. I would ooh, that'd be great. He's a free agent now. He's no longer with Barstool. We should get him. Yeah. I think uh I think Jeremy's dying right now. Punter and fantasy talk right now. <laughs> I know, I know. And we are on the road to WrestleMania. Boom. All right, let's take a quick break here. We're gonna play impress, depress, and give general thoughts about the Lions season coming up. As I said, we're gonna have first bite this week as well. We've got a huge amount of stuff coming here on the Pride of Detroit POD cast, but finishing this up, get you to your mailbag later. And talk about just general thoughts about the season, because this is John's first time on the podcast. We want to welcome right. John Whitaker. Look for him on Twitter. Where? Wrath of John. Wrath of uh, John. Underscores, too. I tried yep. to get the one without underscores. No luck. Yeah. Wrath underscore of underscore John. And he continues with us here on the Friday Detroit POD cast. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Hey, sports fans. Football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. 
Pride of Detroit PODcast back here. I am Chris Perfett, the adequate host. Ryan Matthews, the rock god. John Whitaker, the double lions guy. We're just guys being dudes here. It's the, college football. It's, it's the college football season, and that's what we have to say. In the, in the words of Boston College coach Steve Adazio of the late great Vine, just guys being dudes. One of my favorite Vines. Absolutely. I miss Vine so much. And that was probably one of my favorites. There, there's some good ones on there. Back at it again at Krispy Kreme. Uh, oh, the, the Toto Dog. That's how we got the theme song in the first place. Yeah, right? Toto Dog. Dick Cheney made money off the Iraq War and Guys Being Dudes. Those are like my top five. I don't know if I counted right. Don't correct me. We should do a list cast sometime of top nines. We still haven't done our list cast, Ryan, of top tweets. Because I just think that that should never happen. Like we should talk about it a bunch because it helps us go back into our old tweets and find the ones that we like, mm. but we could never, we can never whittle down a list to 10. Like Trubisky's go Packers is up there. I have, I have categories if we ever do that. Like, you know, Stephen A. Smith's take a look y'all as far as like <laughs> earnest tweets that came off wrong. And there's just one category that's just drill. And that's the hardest one for me. I have to narrow drill down to one tweet. Uh, yeah, you can't have too many drill tweets, but at the same time, you can never have too many drill tweets. You, you, but that's the thing. Like it, my top ten would be all drill if I let it to be. So right. I have to, I have to limit myself. Yeah. Let's talk about impress depress. You want me to sing the song? Impress depress. Da 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 da. There. Beautiful. Still waiting on that. Still waiting on that remix. Keeps getting better every time. <laughs> I'm getting practice. I'm getting practice. Maybe I should go into, I'm here in LA. I should go into show business. All right, guys. Who impressed you? Who depressed you from this Lions 53 man roster? We're not, even talk, we're not even talking about game four, just the entire preseason. You're looking at this roster right now. You're seeing guys who are like, yeah, I get exactly why that guy is on the roster. Totally. 100%. And then you see another guy and you're like, really? He's the one who survived. I don't know about that. That's what we're playing today on Impress Depress. The fantastic all... summation. That was a fantastic summation of what Thank we're you. doing. Chris. Thank you. That's why I am the host here, and you guys are the ones who are actually going to talk about who impressed and depressed you. So let's start with the new guy, John. Who impressed you? Who who is who is the standout from this preseason in your mind? Uh so the first guy I want to mention is our beloved Hakeem Vullis, Vallis, Vallis. I've heard at least five different pronunciations of it through broadcasts and whatnot. So I'm just going to call him Hakeem. There we go. It's nice and simple. So obviously we had some big competition at tight end. I mean, I wouldn't really pencil in anyone per se as the starter. I mean, obviously we brought in Luke Wilson and Toy Lolo and we had hope that Roberts could step into that starting role, but no one's really shown much. Obviously Wilson barely played this preseason. He got hurt. Toy Lolo is more of a blocker. I mean, he's like six, seven. So he'll be a good red zone target, I guess. And then, um, yeah, it's where Hakeem has really stepped up. And um, I think he led the Lions tight ends in receiving yards, I think. And I think he was oh, yeah. second in catches to Jeremy's beloved Marcus Lucas. Um, and so um, aside from that, he's also looked good as a, well, decent as a blocker too. And honestly, I think he has a pretty good chance of making an impact. I mean, for the longest time, I thought, honestly, Roberts was going to get cut. As I said, he wasn't really impressive. And 
I mean, we've seen guys who get cut uh, in their second year, and I thought that could happen. Yeah, and I mean, as much as I love my beloved Toledo boy, Michael Roberts, and I will stand for Toledo every day, I was sharing being a U Toledo fan with a friend the other night. But like, he just he hasn't really played himself into starting that role either. Do you guys, as a side note, before we get on to Ryan's impressive player, do you guys, again, I hate to keep doing this because people really wanted him gone, but they're going to regret cutting Eric Ebron, are they? I I think so. I think so. I mean, I, I don't know how you cannot. It it the the position went from um I don't even want to just I I feel like it might be a little reductive to just say like solidified cuz Ebron was better than that, but at the same time it always felt like he wasn't going to reach the uh level of production that many people expected of him just because of that stupid draft spot that he landed in. But, but Aaron Donald. Yeah, yeah, but Aaron Donald, but Odell Beckham Jr., but Taylor Lewan, all three guys who became the highest paid players at their position this offseason. It does Funny. feel like looking back, it is going to be kind of a Darko Milicic moment for the Detroit Lions oh, yeah. in that regard. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Another thing you have to consider is that like the community was, I mean, I don't want to harp on anyone, but there was a lot of hate out there, especially in recent years when you had success from Beckham and Donald. And I mean, honestly, a change of scenery is going to be really good. I mean, unfortunately, he's going to be catching passes from Jacoby Brissett because luck's going to be hurt. <laughs> hey, and well, well, the the thing about the the vitriol that he faced too, though, is that I mean, granted, I didn't spend a whole lot of time. I went to a few games during the Millen era um, at Ford Field, but I had never heard a home crowd boo a home team player as loudly as people were booing Eric Ebron last season. Like it was yeah. bad. I don't want to stay on it. I don't want to stay on it too long because I feel like we bring it up every like three or four podcasts because I, you know, wrote that column defending him. But just I, I it's totally fair to do so though, Chris. Yeah. It's totally fair to do so because this tight end depth is not good. Like it, a guy, an undrafted free agent who spent a year in Arizona last year and not, from Monmouth College, which is awesome. But like Hakeem, like definitely belongs to be in the discussion to be the starter, the starter. Yeah. Which is insane. He basically came in as a camp body, right? Yeah, he was yeah, a camp yeah. body. A camp body, yeah. Like, and just, yeah, just Wilson injured, don't know what he has. Michael Roberts just hasn't stepped up. Toy Lolo, Toy Lolo, Toilet. Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I, I've never seen him cross our lips on this segment. So that's what it is. Well, speaking of the segment, we should get back to it. Ryan, who impressed you from the preseason? Okay, he didn't. I don't understand a lot of the the disgust with our with our good job Joe Dahl experiment that happened this preseason, but like I think that for the most part, like he's what you would want in a backup interior lineman. He spent some time mm-hmm. at center, you know. He he spent some time at center. He played left guard. He played right guard. I mean, he can play every spot along the interior of the line. He was probably the Lions like probably the Lions best run blocker of the preseason. Like I, 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 I saw him open up holes and seal defenders, you know, on more than a few occasions. There was, there's a run that I'm thinking about um, that LeGarrette Blunt had uh, in the Oakland game. Um, you know, I thought Joe Dahl had a really good preseason. He played a lot, played in all four games as a pass blocker. Yes. Like he's still like, you know, he leaves something to be desired. That's for sure. But 
there was a lot more good with Joe Dahl this, you know, this preseason than I think that there was bad. And I think a lot of people were kind of shocked to see him make the roster or that people were saying, you know, you know, they were wondering whether or not the Lions would even keep him. And there's even been some talk that, you know, Bob Quinn is being a little bit too lenient with a guy, with a project guy that he drafted. I don't think that's the case at all. I think Joe Dahl is like the quintessential guy that you want to have on your roster play the interior of that line. And, you know, it's just taken him a while to to come along. And but but that's what happens with guys who are, you know, late round draft picks. Yeah, he was like, what, fourth round? Like, uh, fifth, I think. What? Yeah, fifth? Fifth round. Fifth, fifth round. Fifth, fifth, fifth round. Fifth round. So like, yeah, of course, he's supposed to be a project. He's 25. He's he's kind of growing into the role. Like if that works out. Then that's upside. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. He had a lot of fierce competition, too, because you had Komantangi, you've had Wiggins, Johnson. And it's like of those four guys, we had three of them making it. But like for a long time, we were thinking which two are going to make it. And really, it was a toss up between all of them. So he, as I said, he improved in the past few games. For sure. All right, now we move on to the the depressed. So either guys who you're not surprised to see gone or guys who made the roster that kind of boggle your mind. I'll give you the lay of the land to do whatever you want here. So, John, go ahead. Um, ooh, I actually want to let Ryan go first because I want to see where what direction he goes. Sure. Uh, Deshaun Shedd. Deshaun Shedd was a bummer to me because the guy started out the preseason. I mean, he started training camp as the cornerback lining up opposite of Darius Slay. He was a guy who showed a lot of promise in, you know, a Seattle defense that one of the best secondaries we've seen in you know recent memory, but, you know, struggled with injuries, was coming back from an injury. And the Lions, you know, they put a lot of money into his contract. Seemed like he was a guy who was definitely going to stick. An upgrade, I thought, from DJ Hayden. But now he deals with injuries during the preseason misses a couple games comes back for the browns game and then he's cut and you know a lot of people said well you know he was on the bubble no no think back at the beginning of training camp this guy was the number two cornerback and if you're not totally shocked um or or at least bummed out that the lions are now going to be relying on either nevin lawson who did anybody watch the tampa bay game Oh, or yeah, Ortiz Tabor, who I I'm I'm just not sure is quite there yet, or I'm starting to wonder if he ever will be. But I mean, those are really the only two guys who like are true outside corners now that are on this roster. Deshaun Shedd was that guy, and he isn't. The Lions secondary is not nearly in the position that a lot of us thought it was in the beginning of the preseason. So Shedd being cut was a was a it was a bummer and also a surprise to me. Yeah, so you went you, you went the way of like someone who got cut. So let's see how John goes here. Uh, just a quick point on Shed is he was a player that I also honestly thought played all right during the preseason too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I it really came out of nowhere for me. I mean, um, quickly touching back on the defensive back depth. I mean, where they went with four safeties, maybe five if you want to include it. If you want to include Diggs, so I mean, like, there's not a lot of depth, and in the end, you just throw away from Slay, right? That's that's the way to go. Okay, so the person who depressed me, I'm going to cheat a little bit, and I'm just going to say the defensive line in general. I mean, obviously, during the entire preseason, it was not pretty. We had guys like Anthony Zettel or Ashawn Robinson playing pretty late in the games. And I mean pretty late. Anthony Zettel played like 50% of snaps in game four. I mean, that's why we added him to the, to the bubble watch. We thought he was going to get cut or something. Is is Zettel going to be the the starting defensive end opposite Ansa? I have I have no clue anymore, honestly. Like, like honestly, out of this 
bunch, the only two people who really impressed me were Ricky Jean Francois, who was a guy who, who honestly, I didn't expect him to make such a impact as he did during the during the mm-hmm. first few games. And then um, Deshaun Hand, I actually think he looked pretty good as a defensive end. And he's a guy who I think might push Zettel for that spot. Yeah, I could I could see them rotating around there too because they'll have Kerry Hyder as well, and obviously it's been a minute since we've seen Hyder on the field, so hard to tell. But I'm with you. I I mean, if I had to distill it down to one person that depressed me from that defensive line, it is Ashawn Robinson. We all know that Ashawn is my big, large adult son and everything, but he's kind of really fallen off the table here, or at least, I mean, I think I think he fit better when this was. I, I don't want to call this a three four base or a four three base or anything like that. I think those those terms are completely outdated in how NFL schemes for their defenses now, but he definitely fit better under, under the systems under um, Caldwell and his defensive coordinators. Like it just, it, it, he, 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 because when he's backed up by a second defensive tackle there, he's able to really stuff the run and do what he does best. But now that he's kind of, you know, there's more pressure on him. We're kind of seeing his limitations. Mm -hmm. Another thing that surprised me was, um, how little defensive end depth we have. So we have Alex Barrett cut, Jeremiah Valuaga cut, Cam Johnson Valuaga cut. was a huge surprise to me. Yeah, well, especially for Valuaga. He was pretty good during training camp. I mean, it's training camp, make it that what you will. But then like in the like games two and three, he had like zero snaps. He didn't even play. So I don't, I, at first I thought that was an injury or something because it would make no sense. But yeah, I mean, they, they cut him on, um, what was that, Thursday? So, oh, wait, no, sorry, that was Friday, I think. Yeah. Anyway, that surprised me. And then um, another one that surprised me was uh, Jeremiah Ledbetter. So coming into the most recent draft, um, when the Lions got Deshaun Hand, I was thinking, okay, that's kind of redundant because you have a guy who's very similar in Jeremiah Ledbetter. I think they're almost like the same size, and they both kind of play inside or out. And so at first I thought, this is, I guess, depth or something? But then, no, it turns out they actually cut Ledbetter and honestly I didn't I really didn't see that coming I thought he played okay I mean the defensive line in general didn't play very well but Ledbetter never really stood out too negatively so especially when you look at the depth of defensive tackle I mean we have Robinson Francois and Williams that's three guys I hope we don't get hurt oh yeah i mean there's seven linebackers and obviously this seems to be a defense going more linebacker heavy but when it comes to lions and what we've been drafting at linebacker last few years that's not a good sign nope i almost wanted to put gerard davis as my d press because honestly if he wasn't a first round pick i think he would have been cut he was not good i don't want to be too negative on the guy i know he's still young but it was not pretty what do you think on him, Ryan? Just real quick before we go on to mailbag, like Jared Davis. It, it's just been nothing but like discouragement, you know. It's a bummer, but I, I also want to hold out hope that he's, you know, he's. I, I think this is kind of being understated that like this is he's a young guy, and it's also his second defensive scheme in as many years in the NFL. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's 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 perfectly fair. Like changing schemes midway through is absolutely that that does send a shock to your system trying to relearn everything. Yeah. And I know we're we're kind of negative and I'm seeing now that uh Pride of Detroit our poll on what overall grade are you giving the Lions roster just came out 60% voted C as the grade. 
And I will say this because I've seen some Lions fans going back and forth on this about, about like, hey, how like are you allowed to be negative after preseason? Are you allowed to start panicking this quickly on Matt Patricia? And, you know, Jeremy's even objected to the idea of even calling it panic. But I do feel pressure is good to have on on a team. I don't believe in giving them a pass at all. Like this team is supposed to be vying for going places. As they said, nine and seven wasn't good anymore. And in a sports heavy town like Detroit, yeah, put pressure on them. Put pressure on them. You want people to come out to your games. You you can't just sit there and expect people to show up. We've seen that around the NFL. Like people get complacent and they just like let these rosters go to waste. If you like this team, if you're a fan, you're absolutely, absolutely allowed to be critical. Mm-hmm. If anything else, it puts pressure. Like I, I talked once with um, former Pistons GM Joe Dumars and he pointed this out about Detroit. Like the hardest thing for him was that Detroit as a four sports team town is that you have to keep trying. You always have to keep trying or else the fans, the customers are going to go to another sports team. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the greatest blessing Detroit has as a sports town is that, you know, the lions can't be complacent. You can't just be like, yeah, we're, we're here. It's fine. You know, you have to be going for higher and higher. So anyway, let's go on to the mailbag. We've got uh, a few questions here and we'll keep touching on some more subjects. And I think John brought his own question to the POD cast as well. So <laughs> stick around. First timer here with us, John Whitaker, new hire on the pride of Detroit staff, pride of Detroit POD cast gets into the home stretch. Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Gotta get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mail time. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me wanna wag my tail. When it comes, I wanna wail. Mail time. Hashtag ask POD. As always, get your questions in. Jeremy is not here. He is the one who does the reviews. I do not do reviews. Ryan, do you do reviews? I don't do reviews. That's not my that's I don't get paid for it. I'm union. We get paid. Oh boy. Mm. You ain't cutting into my pie. Nope. Can I hold All out right. like Clomac? It's <laughs> a good strategy. All right, let's get right into the questions then. I have yet to read this mailbag. So this is <laughs> this is a chance to really get in here with some fun questions. And I mean we were just, I was just kind of talking about this in the end of last segment. Uh, Suburban Dad writing us preseason is just preseason, but should I adjust my expectations for this year? Odds of an 0 and 4 start feels more likely than playoff chances. I don't know if I would say that's more likely. What, what do you say, Ryan? If you, I, I don't care how bad the Lions looked in the preseason. If you think that the Jets are going to come in here on Monday night and you think that an 0 and 4 start is is looking more and more likely 
I don't think you know how bad the Jets are. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're looking at the start of this season. Home against the Jets, which, I mean, they're starting Sam Darnold, and we've seen bad things happen as Lions defense against rookie quarterbacks on their first starts before. But let me just tell you again, I'm not a huge believer in Sam Darnold, so we will see. I don't think the Jets, yeah, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Then on the road at the 49ers, and a lot of that's going to be dependent upon, you know, how decent is my great Italian boy, Jimmy Garoppolo. But then, yeah, I'm looking at the next couple of games versus Patriots on Sunday night football, then at Cowboys. And that'll be interesting to see because I don't think the Cowboys are as good as they were two years ago. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line has been in shambles. And I feel real, real bad for uh, Travis Frederick who got diagnosed with what was the disease? I forget. Uh, I think it's an autoimmune disease, Yeah, yeah. which is obviously not not good for his career. And I mean, Dak Prescott kind of got away scot-free with quite a bit, and we'll see what happens once they have Prescott Zeke back. Free. Oh, my God. Yes, I like puns, by the way, folks. I'm rethinking having him on the podcast now. <laughs> uh, news over the wire right now. We're sitting here recording this on a Sunday morning. Sunday morning on the West Coast, I should say. Uh, Antonio Gates is back with the LA Chargers. Uh, hey, I, for average dude, I said this on the list cast when we talked about tight ends that I thought about putting Antonio Gates number 10 on my list because I knew that he would play. And Jeremy goes, he's not even on a roster. And I said, uh, he will be playing for the Chargers. And then you the guys decade. put Hunter Henry. Then you guys put Hunter Henry on your list. <laughs> Shut up. Who? Hey, Hunter. He's on the pup. He's on the pup. He's on the pup. He's not on the IR. So to your defense. Didn't he tear his ACL though? Yeah, he did. I'm surprised. That's that's a real quick recovery. Yeah. I don't know. Miraculous things with science these days. It was pretty early on in like off season workouts though. I think it happened during OTAs. Mm Mm-hmm. So, but even then that'd be like Adrian Peterson level of recovery. Yeah. Aaron Thompson asking us, which college football team has the best looking uniforms? Now, before we get into this, I just want to say I've watched a little bit of Canadian college football to placate John. But I mean, you guys don't have college football the way we in America have college football. No, it's really quiet. I mean, like even I was at the the Vanier Cup a few years back, which is the championship. And like it's half full. I mean, half half the people there are a students and then b also they were giving out some free tickets to people if you had the ticket to the great cup itself so yeah, yeah it's just it's it's not as big i mean like even just college sports in general aren't that big like even on the hockey, even out on the even uh, out on the yeah even out on the prairies well i mean for hockey you've got the major juniors but like even out on exactly. the prairies with like university of calgary it's really kind of an empty scene and calgary is usually crazy for football mm-hmm. they're probably one of the better ones yeah Anyway, let's get back to his question. Who has the best college uniforms? Let me just Google best college uniforms real quick. <laughs> Jesus. What do you think, Ryan? Like, you can't just say Michigan State, though. I can't even say Notre Dame anymore. I'm a USC fan. They lost They lost yesterday, but I really like Texas's jerseys for some reason. You like that? Do you like yeah. That, that they brought back the, the numbers on the, on, the lo, on the helmets as well? Oh, they did? I mean, I'm, yeah, I guess I'm a fan of that. But I'm just a fan of, like, the orange and then also a fan of the simplicity of the helmet. I mean, mm-hmm. the numbers work fine, too, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm always a... I, I mean, they have, they, have a, they have a great logo. Like, their logo is just like, well, that's Texas. Yeah, you know? although it does, you can flip it upside down pretty quickly and make fun of them. Yeah. 
Well, as you should do with the state of Texas. <laughs> um, I was about to say Georgia, but then I started thinking about a few others. I, I've got to go with Miami. Oh, yeah. Miami, the nice U has team. some really good colors, yeah. Yeah, orange really does it for me. So that, yeah, I'm a big fan of the U jerseys too. Yeah, orange and green. I didn't, those don't, those shouldn't go together, but they just look really they nice shouldn't. together. Yeah. Yep. All right. After a quick Google search, I have found my <laughs> answer. So it is University of Maryland, 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 uh, Maryland. Oh it's the one that has their helmet is essentially the, the flag and they have it on the shoulders as well. They're, that, that's like that's like the, the Under Armour version of Oregon, though. Like they never wear the same jersey each week. I know I was tempted to just say Oregon, but some of them I don't like the really neon ones. It hurts my eyes. But like those schools can't count because they they never have a simple jersey. It's not like Auburn. Auburn hasn't worn a different jersey in like forever. Fine, I'll just say Alabama. <laughs> Ew. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Wow, he's stumbling. He's stumbling down the stretch here. Fine, I'll go with. uh, I'll go Toledo. Ooh, you're trying to appeal to me, huh? Hey, they put up. Honestly, it is pretty cool, but they put up like sixty something yesterday. Yeah, it was on VMI though. But I mean, that happens. I have no clue what VMI stands for. That was a super cheap pop going with Toledo. Um, If I if I had a backup jersey though, I'm a big fan of the uh, the purple and yellow. I like LSU's jerseys a lot. LSU's a good answer too. Purple and yellow. I'm sensing some Vikings here. Nah, this is this is Baton Rouge. This has nothing to do with Vikings. Maybe Vikings of another kind. But it is true. But I also I also do still own a Dante Culpepper jersey. So they've got a great logo for their helmets too. They're kind of bringing back the old logo. I think. So that mm-hmm. old Yowlin Tiger. Yeah. Okay. Into it. J- Jamie Johnson with the Lions question for us. What are we doing with so little depth on offense? On offense? On what? offense. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I read that wrong. On defense. Oh. Defense. My bad. Dang it, Chris. No, you're, you're fine. I, 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 wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to do a little rage corner here thinking that the Lions have little depth on offense if they have depth anywhere on this roster it's on offense but um I truly think go back to you know what I talked about earlier on the show I, I think that the Lions are gonna they're gonna flip some of those numbers they're gonna change change out some of those skill position players for for defensive players that are now available on the market um not to go to you know Patriot way thing but there were some key Patriots that were cut that might end their end up their uh, way on the roster so I don't know. It, the, the other thing too, though, is that look at just Bob Quinn's draft. You know, like his draft this season, his his modus operandi this season was, you know, building up the offensive line. Goes and gets Frank Ragnow in round one, has to trade up to get on Johnson in round two. Drafted Tyrell Crosby as well. You know, he spent a lot, invested a lot of money and or a lot of draft capital on, you know, bolstering the, the offense. So, I don't know. It, I feel like it's a thing that moves in waves, though, because the the draft before that they they spent a lot of draft capital on defensive players. So, are you perchance saying that we should establish the run? I'm saying that the Lions will establish the run. Fine. So. Jimmy at Throw Jimmy asking us: Tremors, the movie turned 28 years old this year. Classic or piece of shit? I love it now. Okay, so I think I've seen Tremors before. It's uh, older than you. It is older than me. That's what that was gonna be my not cop even, out. 
not even joking about Ryan's age at this point. Tremors is older than he is. No, it's legitimately older than I am. Um, is it is it fair to put Tremors and Gremlins in the same box or no? I think they belong to the same kind of box and that they're kind of a vaguely horror movie that kind of that was so campy that it almost came out the side of comedy. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. classic. Yeah. So it kind of like dips its toes in comedy a little bit. Like I'll take gremlins over tremors. Yeah. I'm noticing that I'm noticing that's kind of coming, having a comeback too. I just watched the new trailer for the new predators movie that's coming out this month. And a lot of people are really mad at it because it's not dark and grim or whatever the hell nerds get a chub about but like it's definitely dipping in like keegan michael k is in the movie oh so, really yeah keegan michael key's in the in the movie yeah mm. so like it's definitely dipping it but there's also like a lot of gore and everything and it's a predators movie at the end of the day so it's yeah. definitely dipping into that like shane black is definitely dipping into that campy horror uh vibe that they're trying to go for so i'm gonna that's, see it that's I do what like made, shane black he's good yeah that's what made those movies like that's what helps them stand the test of time though, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you if you force it, like if you pigeonhole the campiness into it, then like it won't work. Like, so, like what? It, Cabin in the Woods? How do you feel about Cabin in the Woods? Uh, see, that's that's just it. Like, I mean, I've met people who are like, thought it was brilliant, but then a lot of people who thought just that they were trying to pigeonhole the campiness in it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think for, for me with that film, like, I was so not expecting it because I didn't I didn't have any like prior understanding of what the film was going to be about. And it truly looked like a horror film. But then like when it when it made that turn, I was like, oh, well, this is super cool. Yeah, I think I think that did that Cabin in the Woods did introduce a new generation to the idea of camp horror, though. Yeah, like that generation was not because when I was growing up, at least like Army of Darkness was still a thing I could I saw posters of. I love that when I went to when I went into Blockbuster. So like that was kind of like fading from memory before the new wave of horror hit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like uh, if if you were younger, like Ryan is, I'm sure you didn't get to experience that. So like yeah, Cabin in the Woods kind of like, and that hit at the time when horror was taking itself way too seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm tired of horror movies these days with like jump scares and whatnot. I mean, like at least Cabin in the Woods didn't have that many, but um, in terms of like just the pure like setting or you just like a really creepy vibe, it did a better job with them. Yeah, when 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 I grew up, there were too many like Halloween remakes, which is super funny because I think there's even another one that's coming out like (laughs) like either this year or next year, but. Yeah, hor- the horror genre was kind of like taking itself a little bit too seriously or trying to be like all the Saw movies were out. All the Saw movies. Uh, I mean, those aren't even horror. They're just stupid. Horror. I don't like them. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's horror porn. Yeah, the first like, one was first one was, was all right. The next like one. Hostile. Yeah. 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 Pass. Yeah, I mean, they the horror's got itself back on the feet. Like the Purge is is like seriously like lore, uh, horror lore canon at this point. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't even know if I care about horror as a genre yeah. that much, but I, I've yeah. never cared much. Well, there's some it, good ones like, um, uh, what is it? Uh, a silent place. Is that what it was called? That one was pretty good. Oh, that one got a lot of good accolades. Yeah. Oh, uh, Krasinski. Yeah. 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 The only ones I've really watched the regular clip are any of the aliens movies though. So yeah, see, I think I'm just much more of a, I think I'm more of a, like a thriller or suspense guy. Like, mm-hmm. I, would you consider like the thing? Like, what would you consider that? 
Well, that's suspense Ooh. for sure. That's, yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's more than see. That's the thing. Like we put these genres on everything. That that kind of that's a John Carpenter movie. John Carpenter is a master at just yeah uh, eluding the genre whole. Like he yeah. does he does movies for everything. I think I'm, I'm more into the like the like Alien or Aliens or the Thing or you know yeah Beetlejuice. One of these the, things is the not original, like the other things. The, the original question, though, Tremors, good, good. I think that's that's it's canon at this point. That's yeah, all right. I give John, it a six out of nine. Nice. Tracy Lewis asking us, "Hello, I am nineteen years old. Anyone want to chat with little girl?" <laughs> okay, we've got spam in the mailbag for the first time. Throwing that Ooh. out. <laughs> Uh, Logan Anderson, which position groups do you think they took spots away from in order to make room for four tight ends and six wide receivers on this roster? Dang it. I missed it. I had the chance. I should have been like, speaking of the movie Predators. Um, <laughs> <laughs> dang it. Good. Which one on Tracy Lewis or Logan Anderson? <laughs> Tracy Lewis. But I guess either one is kind of funny. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> go ahead and somebody else answer this question. Um, so obviously we kind of touched upon this. Um, the defensive line depth has really been sacrificed. And something I didn't actually touch upon before is um, the wide receiver, Bradley Marquez, or Marquez, or as I sometimes call him, Marquez Bradley. I always get them mixed up. He really didn't do much this preseason, and he still made the roster. Which, what do you guys think about that? Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, it, it was surprising. It was surprising at once. It's surprising again. I, the Lions should not keep six wide receivers, and I don't know. I was I was one of the biggest Brandon Powell supporters, but I mean, I thought at the end of the day, like he should have been a practice squad guy. Somehow, this made it into our mailbag from one of Mansoor's uh, threads. Someone named Nathan Berg tagging Ask Pod. All the issues from Chris Perfett are still around after too many episodes. Does that mean Chris is a bust? Well, you are adequate, so. Well, I think a lot of people would have called Eric Ebron adequate at best. But they called him a bust, Mm -hmm. too. A good point. Mansoor replies to this question, by the way, by calling the question answer. He says, you're a bust. (laughs) <laughs> last night last night he called me nfl insider ryan matthews with two t's and i was like i appreciate that <laughs> nfl running back ryan matthews <laughs> i just want to say right now i love all of our new staff and uh, i'm still trying to get kelly on the podcast as well and we've got to get leave levy levy on on as well levi i'm sorry speaking uh, of new hires we need to get hamza back on twitter everyone can you at twitter and just tell them Give him his account. Oh back. yeah, he got he got banned because he joined Twitter like when he was too young. Yeah, when <laughs> so, he was thirteen. Speaking of the movie Predator, free Hamza. Free yeah, Hamza. Hashtag. Yeah. Let's start it up. Hashtag free Hamza. All right, oh. and the last last question I have here is from John Whitaker, who has okay, several sounds stupid. Questions. Yeah, several questions here. All of them are really stupid. Um, which one do you want to take, John? You've got three of them here. Uh, well, I guess we can, each of us can go on. So, um, oh, here's a good one. Uh, what are the odds that Billingsley goes on to become a Patriots legend? Ooh. 
Can I just say seriously, I'm getting tired of the Lions. Like everyone keeps talking about the Patriot way and picking up guys not good enough to make the Patriots roster. Those are guys not good enough to make the Patriots roster, and I'm tired of getting their their second scraps. I hate, I hate the Patriot way. I hate the Patriot way because it is the pinnacle of the NFL trying to copy itself rather than trying to make a Lions way or something. You have to copy another team. Like, go to hell. Conversely, uh, yeah, Jace Billingsley will definitely end up on that roster and he'll he'll probably put Julian Edelman out of a job. Winamuka's <laughs> finest. Yeah, Edelman will come back from his four-game suspension and they'll be like, nah, we got we got Billingsley. He'll get blood sewed. Oh, poor, poor blood. So, all right. The one I want to ask from here is from John Whitaker. What are the odds that Matt Patricia is a sleeper agent for Jim Caldwell? Hmm. I think pretty likely. I mean, have we seen them in the same room together? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Are there any like tells that would let us know? Two watches. I, yep. That's a good one. Check the report. Things of that he nature. Even, he doesn't even put out the report anymore. Like he's moved on from check the report to there is no report for you to see. Where is Caldwell right now? I forget. Making the XFL thing. Oh that's, yes, that's true. Yeah, he is on the. He's like the exact the opposite of the XFL. He's yeah, like we've talked. I think we've talked about that before. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that's exactly why he belongs there, though. It's the perfect Jim Caldwell. Thank you for listening to the Pride Detroit POD cast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Our main theme was produced by Ryan Shepard. You can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at I am Brian Shepard. I A M B R I A N S H E P A R D. Thanks a lot to him. Check out his stuff. He's been great. He gave us Victory Monday. So go check him out. That's I am Brian Shepard. And thank you for everyone who keeps listening and makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible. Y'all are awesome. See you star side. You've reached the high fashion hotline. Help. Our family's going to a big football game this weekend, and I want to get us on the Jumbotron in some fresh new styles. Sprint over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's giant thank you event is happening now. Get 30% off your purchase or 40% off when you use or open an Old Navy credit card at Old Navy or OldNavy.com. 40% off? Wow, that's a huge score. Better hurry. It ends Sunday. Time to huddle up and head to Old Navy. High fashion. Old Navy. Valid 926 to 930. Excludes in-store clearance, register lane items, gift cards, jewelry, today-only, and two-day-only deals. 40% offer subject to credit approval. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.